Welcome to Viral Mindfulness, the podcast. I'm your host. My name is Blue Zion. I love my blue names. They change often. Today's episode is sponsored by my newsletter, Love Letters of Mindfulness, delivered to your inbox from yours bluely. Sometimes I send notes from the piano, but don't take my word for it. Here's what Tracy has to say about my emails. Quote, I love your weekly letters from the heart, very touching and grounding. I also love inversions. And as one of my yoga teachers says, inversions help us view life from a different perspective. Alexander, your emails are my weekly inversion. Thanks, Tracy. I love that. And warning, reading my newsletter may result in strong surges of inspiration, giggles, presence, and insight occasionally. Ahas! You can subscribe at viralmindfulness.com forward slash subscribe. I hope you'll join my list. I just did my first lottery. I love my email followers, subscribers, lottery. And I sent out a couple original paintings and this awesome sketchbook with this beautiful black wing pencil. Yeah, Susan loved it. She sent me a direct message on Instagram and was so happy to receive a handwritten package from yours bluely. So get subscribed to my newsletter at viralmindfulness.com forward slash subscribe. Now on to part two, summer circa 2002, 20 years ago. Today's episode is called Watering Seeds with Effort, Heart, and Imagination. All right, if you haven't listened to part one, you might want to go back and listen to it. But if not, basically, here's where we're at in the story. I am in graduate school in 2002. And it's spring, and I have a really awesome person who showed up and suggested you should go for the summer and do an international practicum. And all I could see were limitations, problems. I didn't know how I was going to afford it, number one. I didn't know how I was, what I was going to do with my job. I had been waiting tables at a high-end steakhouse for almost... Wow, seven years at that point. I was one of the lead servers. I did the schedule. I didn't know what I would do without that job and having the best shifts and making the best money. And um, I also just was really nervous and unsure. I had never traveled internationally before. So the main heart of this episode is just sometimes people are going to show up into your life and they'll plant a seed. And sometimes they'll show up with help beyond the seed. They're going to help you water that seed. And then what usually happens with that watering or gardening, cultivating the earth, for me, for you, is some effort, putting some work in, putting your heart into it, your imagination, your fingerprint and imprint. So here I was riddled with all these obstacles and Daphne Marimaldi bless her heart I've been looking for her I'm going to reach out to her uh, this week I'll make that my commitment to you 
um, and tell her thank you. She helped me apply for a couple different scholarships. So within the University of Utah, there were there was money that was available. So she got the applications, she got the deadlines, she told me what I needed to do. And the big one was that there were several interns available that were paid internships for the summer. You see, I was in grad school. I didn't have financial support from any of my family. Uh, I was paying for grad school on my own. That's why I was waiting tables, making decent pay. And I didn't know how to cover everything and go and not have it paid for because a lot of internships or practicums are not paid. She found one and it was in Eastern Europe in Bulgaria at the American University in Bulgaria in their counseling services. So I applied. Well, first of all, I applied for a grant within the School of Social Work. I got that going, did that work, put my heart, help, and had Daphne helping me. And then I had to write this huge, creative, imaginative, putting my story into this application for this internship in Bulgaria. And I recently have been going through some of my old writings and files looking for to collect all my writings in one place. And I found this, this essay that I wrote for this internship. And I was like, what? I wrote this in 2002, 20 years ago. And I wanted to share it with you because it's really interesting. And it got me also thinking about how We have certain threads or melodies, themes uh, that are part of our story. And I've been fleshing them out. And I thought, oh, you should see what I wrote to apply for this internship. And spoiler alert, yes, I got the internship. But why don't you put on your listening ears? It's about 10 minutes. And you can see a little bit of where I was at, what I was thinking in my second year of grad school, talking about my first year and talking about how music has impacted my life always and my practice. It's really good. I think you'll enjoy it. So I will read you that. And I just want to remind you that this event this summer was pivotal for me on so many levels. And I'm going to talk more about that over the next couple episodes. This is one of those sliding door moments where things could have played out differently for me had I not taken this opportunity. So my vote for you, take that opportunity. Water that seed, put your heart, put some effort your imagination, your story, your voice, your unique voice, your song. And we'll finish the episode listening to my beautiful essay that I wrote. (laughs) And I'll see you soon for part three. And thanks for being here today. Enjoy the essay. As a youth, each Christmas, we would get a present, a big one that was for the entire family. These gifts included a pinball machine, an Atari game system, a VCR, and a boat. One year, the siblings disagreed about what the gift should be. Two of us wanted a piano, and the other three wanted a giant screen TV. Fortunately, that Christmas, the majority did not win. I soon began piano lessons. My mother never had to force me to practice. I loved playing the piano and learning music came naturally. 
After my first year, I was almost as good as our kind, soft-spoken neighborhood teacher, Merrill Lofthouse. Then we found a new teacher, a concert pianist. His name was Jeff Manukian. I even had to audition to be one of his students. The next five years were filled with hours and hours of scales, music theory, memorization, recitals, performances, and competitions. At age 13, I began teaching piano lessons to children in our neighborhood. I started with a few students, and by age 16, I carried a caseload of nearly 20 students, ranging in age from 7 to 35. Since I saw my students on a weekly basis, we developed strong relationships, and I observed their progress through different stages of their lives. Encouragement and inspiration became important tools I used in my teaching. Since learning music and piano performance can quickly lose its fun after the first couple of months, I noticed the difference in working with children versus teenagers and adults. Using different techniques according to the age of the student, I became a successful teacher helping many people find the music in their lives. Besides teaching, I found many opportunities to share the gift of music with others. I can vividly remember the comment made by a woman several years ago after playing a piano selection at a funeral. She gently shook my hand and with tears in her eyes softly spoke. I have been depressed for years and I can't tell you how much your music today has affected me. I felt honored and grateful knowing that I played a small part in motivating and lifting another human being with my music. In addition to music, I spent much time performing on stage, singing, dancing, and acting. My first few years of college, I studied theater. You might be wondering how an individual with such an intense background in music and the arts ended up in social work. A pivotal moment occurred one day in my advanced acting class. It was my junior year at Brigham Young University. We had rehearsed our scene nearly a hundred times, and today we were to perform our scenes for the entire class. The professor's feedback followed a recurring theme that day. Mm, it's, it's, it's just not believable. It doesn't look or feel real. This might not mean much to you, and I'm not sure what led me to my next train of thought, but it struck me odd, and I found it somewhat amusing that we spent nearly every waking moment trying to make an imaginary scene with imaginary characters real and believable. I couldn't help but conclude that if I spent half that time on my real life and the real characters in it, I would probably be a happier and healthier individual. It is not an easy task to deal with life and spend time and money to make one's life more fulfilling and productive. It was that day my love for people and their intricate journey through life was reaffirmed, and I decided I wanted to spend the rest of my life helping them uncover and deal with the real issues in their lives. Halfway through my master's degree of social work, I have shifted roles as the performer to that of the instrument. Like a piano, I too want to be finely tuned, polished and shiny on the outside, and well-built and handcrafted on the interior. I can do this through education and experience. 
I am learning different models and theories utilizing current research, literature, and other professionals. I am fine-tuning my skills by practicing what I am learning with clients and agencies. It's my purpose to make myself available for my clients, to present them with ideas, suggestions, theories, models, literature, and resources. I am doing all I can so when a client, a family, an agency, or a community approaches me, I can be an instrument that allows them to create and play beautiful music. A Summer in Bulgaria I have spent many years as a student and have enjoyed the vigorous, exciting, and grueling process. While working as a teacher's assistant for two different professors, I uncovered a passion for interacting with this population. Students are so eager to learn and enrich their lives with knowledge. The past year, I worked for Wasatch Mental Health and had the opportunity to work with many young adults. I found a respect for the many issues that young people face and I worked with clients suffering from depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress, personality disorders, suicide, schizophrenia, and bipolar disorder. I provided treatment through individual and group therapy as well as teaching classes on different subjects ranging from music to improving social skills. I have an enthusiasm and zest for life that's easily observed by those around me. When I first started my internship with Wasatch Mental Health, one of the clients, so impressed with my energy and excitement, asked the nurse to prescribe the same medication I was taking. I think it's important to connect enthusiasm and excitement with hard work. I have spent a lifetime proving that. I started my own business as a youth teaching piano lessons and hosting annual recitals. I also provided entertainment for children's birthday parties. (laughs) My most memorable performance was that of Sebastian the Sea Crab from Disney's animated film The Little Mermaid. While working as a volunteer church representative in rural parts of West Virginia, I saw the benefit of hard work and self-direction while successfully organizing community involvement activities with the American Heart Association with hospitals, libraries, and churches. While attending college, I have continuously held jobs contributing to the financing of my entire college education. I get so excited to think I might spend several months interning at the American University of Bulgaria. Throughout my life, I have embraced the diversity in others, and I would love to enhance that quality through an international placement. If given this opportunity, I promise not to come with all the answers, but guarantee plenty of enthusiasm, creativity, and dedication with a strong commitment to help achieve your expectations and goals. I know I will have a rich and unique experience that will further my education, expand my professional skills, and add to the music in my life. While interning this year at Wasatch Mental Health, I was meeting with a client one day when staff interrupted to inform me that we had a crisis. I quickly ended my current session when one of the staff escorted a client who was in the middle of a delusional episode as a result of her schizophrenia. I had only been there a few weeks, so it wouldn't be 
a bit hesitant to admit I had no idea what to do. I asked her some questions about what she was experiencing. There are knives with blood coming out of the floor, she anxiously cried. I put my hands on the floor and I asked if this was the correct location. She told me they, they wouldn't hurt me. After a few minutes, she jumped off her chair and left the room talking and yelling because they were taking her organs one by one. At this point, the director of the facility and LCSW came to the rescue. He and the head nurse had been in a meeting but dismissed themselves to assist. I followed them as they guided this client to her room. I watched in suspense or eagerly as my mentor talked her through the situation. The nurse returned with some medication and after a few minutes, the director told the client that he was going to leave but I would stay with her for a while. Okay, sure, I knew exactly what to do. I had watched the skills and it seemed that my immediate scientific goal was to keep her mind on reality and that included me and our conversation together. Alone, standing above her bed, by this time she was lying down, big brown eyes looking up at me. I asked her what her favorite movie was. It wasn't long before my creative side took over and before I knew it I was singing songs from Disney's The Little Mermaid. She seemed to be entranced, and my, after my first rendition of Part of Your World, she ex exclaimed, You are so good. Will you sing me another one? After Under the Sea, I didn't want to sing the song The Witch Sang, so I decided on one of my favorite love songs. She was still listening, but her eyes grew heavy, and soon she was fast asleep. I quietly walked out of her room, shut the door, when two of the female staff members giggled and asked if I would sing to them. Apparently they had been checking on the new intern to make sure I was all right and were somewhat surprised to find me singing. I used to think therapy was all about following some model or theory or a checklist. I believe it's important to understand the science of it all, but there is also a whole other half of therapy that falls in the creative realm. And that's what I experienced that day as an intern. Science was telling me to keep my client focused on reality and my creative license chose to sing her songs. Several weeks later, she told me she would always have a special place in her heart for my Little Mermaid songs. For me, the therapeutic process is about mixing the sciences with an artistic and creative energy. Taking the premise of a theory and creatively mixing it with myself and my client and the weather of that day. I gravitate towards two theories, but hesitate to limit myself due to artistic expression. I love to explore the roots of issues through psychoanalytic theory and focus on the future with solution-focused therapy. I am young, I am still finishing school, and I am willing to take any approach that might help my client. I want to continue to add music to my life and the lives of others. Are you still there? Shh, don't tell anybody. I still have a link that offers my guided meditation starter kit for free. The price has gone up. I'm charging for it now. It's $49. It is an awesome starter kit with about 10 guided meditations ranging from 10 to 17 minutes. There's also a half dozen 
five-minute meditations. There's an introduction, a video intro, and a really sweet letter with a suggestion about kind of flipping your practice on its head. And um, it's not going to be free anymore, but I still have the page up because I'm working on my new website. And I thought, oh, I'll just give one more shout out for any of you listening to the podcast. If you're not registered as a Viral Mindfulness Academy student, it's free. And that puts you in my online system. Kajabi is what it's called. It's just a software that gets you in. And this guided meditation starter kit, if you head over to viralmindfulness.com forward slash free, you can still get it for free, but it's not going to last very long. So you better jump on it now. Uh, Okay, see you next time.